from the USA Today Network. Welcome to The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Ross, Chris Eisman, and Steve Edelson. That's right. Welcome to The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast. Yes, it is the spring edition of The Chop. The Scarlet Knights back on the practice field getting ready for the spring game in April. And we will be with you every step of the way to update you on all of the goings-on at Rutgers practice. Chris Eisman joins me today here on The Chop. Practice number one in the books, Chris. Certainly an exciting time for Scarlet Knights fans. They can get an idea of what they might see on the field this fall. So, Football back in our lives after a brief break, some newcomers in the program, some guys coming back, some new coaches as well. Just an exciting time, a whole lot going on, and we're just getting started. So take us through day one today, what you saw over in Piscataway. Yeah, no doubt, Ryan. It's definitely good to get spring practice going. Um, Listen, I will say that this might be spring practice, but it did not feel anything like spring today. It was cold. It was windy. Um, It was, you know, I I hope that this is as cold as it's going to get over the next few weeks because it was it was tough standing out there uh, but uh, and the players were feeling it too so I don't think they enjoyed it but uh it was good to you know get back out and see some football there's no doubt you know and and things are you know it's a little bit different around the program obviously as you said you know they they've brought in some uh some several transfers that are are poised to make a big impact and obviously a, a new look coaching staff um and that's kind of going to you know get a, a really be at the center of attention and and we'll talk about this later but obviously there's there's a different quarterback situation i'm not going to call it a competition just yet but it's a situation so we'll get into that more but uh kind of just to get us started i mean you know greg shiano provided some more updates today um regarding his coaching staff uh augie hoffman who had spent the previous two seasons as the running backs coach is now the offensive line coach and andrew oric who had been the offensive line coach now takes over as the running backs coach so those guys flipped roles you know, it makes sense in a lot of ways. Obviously, um, you know, Augie Hoffman, who was the, the former head coach of St. Joe's in, in Montvale, um, he was obviously a uh, an offensive lineman in high school, and then he was a star at Boston College and had a stint in the NFL with the New Orleans Saints. So he has a, a deep offensive line background. So I, I think that this is a move that makes sense. And Shiano said, look, it, it's good to have, you know, guys, you know, new ideas, new thoughts. Um, and that's in addition to, several other changes that he has on his coaching staff, right? I mean, Joe Harris-Simiak is a new defensive coordinator and Marquise Watson coaching the defensive line. Uh, Corey Heatherman has been has come in as a linebacker's coach and, and Don Mir Shaw is a new wide receiver's coach. So it's a very different look. And the first two years of Shiano's tenure, the coaching staff didn't change. And that's very rare in college football where we see so much movement. But it didn't change. It's different now. And they still have one spot open after Fran Brown, former defensive backs coach, left for Georgia in the same capacity. So they have one spot open. Shiano said he's not in a rush to fill that role. And when he does, it doesn't necessarily have to be a defensive backs coach. They can kind of be flexible there. He said if there's a the right guy for the program, they'll bring him on. Um, but it's not doesn't have to be a one-for-one, one, as he called it. He said he just doesn't do things that way. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward. We'll see when he makes that move. Um, Adam Shire, former special teams coordinator, has left. He's now at Temple, and I don't expect to see a special teams a coach, you know, as in that role, a special teams focused coach. I think that that'll be more of a collaboration, but we'll see what they decide to do. Um, you know, obviously Shiano is a big special teams guy, so he'll have a big hand in that. Um, but we'll see going forward, you know, how they kind of fill out that coaching staff with that extra spot, and uh, or not extra spot, but empty spot, I should say, um, and where they go from there. But definitely. Um, 
some uh, you know some some movement on the coaching staff. In addition to the uh, the coaching staff changes, there's definitely some movement on positions. Um, Troy Rainey is back on the defensive line after spending last season on the O line. He made seven starts at right guard. He played in eleven games. They moved him over because they needed depth on the offensive line. Uh, and now, obviously, with an influx of offensive linemen, Greg said that he felt comfortable moving him back onto the D-line. Uh, Chris Long has gone from cornerback to wide receiver. Um, Carnell Davis goes from wide receiver to defensive back. And Max Patterson has also been moved from defensive back to wide receiver. Um, regarding Chris Long, when he was recruited, he was one of the best wide receiver recruits in New Jersey coming out of Willingboro. Um, so I think that, you know, I think he has potential to be a really good wide receiver there. So some position changes some coaching changes. So we got it all today. Yeah. A busy day one. And of course, uh, we'll be updating you throughout spring practices to kind of keep you up to date on what's going on with these coaches, with these positions, these new players, uh, all of the above. And it's interesting because a lot of times with these spring practices, of course, fans are excited to see the players. They want to see the, the guys who are returning. They want to see some of these position battles. They want to see what the newcomers to the program have to offer and get excited about the future. But in a lot of ways, these spring practices, they're practices for the coaches as well. Uh, as we mentioned, as Chris laid out for you, plenty of new coaches, guys switching position coaches, uh, really all of the above. So in a lot of ways, it's, it's an opportunity for coaches, too, to kind of get their football legs back underneath them after the layoff from last season. They get their hands, uh, they get their crack at some of these players, and then they're able to coach them up. New guys, old guys, new positions, whatever it might be. It's, it's spring practice for everyone, not just the players. But as we get into this spring practice, of course, let's talk about the players and specifically the quarterback position. That's always the position that fans want to know about. And there's kind of a question at the quarterback position for the Scarlet Knights. You have Noah Vedral returning a two-year starter. And of course, right behind him, a guy that a lot of Rutgers fans are very excited about, Gavin Wimsat, a big-time recruit to the program. You saw a few glimpse of, glimpses of him last season in some action on the field, but that's certainly really the topic of conversation when you look at this Scarlet Knights team as they get ready for these spring practices. Uh, here's what Greg Schiano had to say. As Chris mentioned today, it's a little cold and windy, so bear with the audio there. It's not quite spring yet, even though these are spring practices. These are two answers he had back-to-back when asked about the quarterback position. Yeah, until we get through a little bit of gradable scrimmages and stuff, what we're doing is uh, Noah is starting the first period of every, you know, the first period, and then we're rotating it through. So everybody, just those three guys are just bumping up and through, up and through, and then we'll make a determination later on. Uh, both Gavin and Evan have both progressed quite a bit. You can see physically when you, when you get up close, you'll see they've grown physically. Um, they spent a lot of time with Sean working through, uh, you know, off-season adjustments additions, deletions, those kind of things. So I think I think they've both improved and Noah's worked like a, a maniac. So it's it's really good. The cream's gonna rise to the top. All right, so there you have it, Chris. Uh, I think a lot of questions that people want answered are, is this a real quarterback competition? Is this Noah Vedral's job to lose? This is Gavin Wimsad's job to earn? Who's kind of the, uh, the front runner as we head into these spring practices here? Yeah, no doubt, Ryan. I mean, look, this is going to be the topic that dominates a lot of spring practice and then through training camp. And quite frankly, we might know what exactly, you know, who wins this job until, you know, we're in, uh, you know, in, in Boston or Chestnut Hill, I guess, technically for the season opener against Boston College. 
you know, look, I mean, it's a unique situation because of who's involved, right? I mean, you have Noah Vegel, who started the last two years, has been one of the team's best, you know, most productive quarterbacks that they've had in a long time. And so, and he also has the such respect from his teammates and coaching staff because of the way he plays through injuries and the way that he, you know, absorbs tough hits, massive hits, and then just keeps getting back up and keeps playing and doesn't miss time. I mean, he's one of the toughest, if not the toughest kids in the program. He was a co-captain in 2021. You know, after transferring in from Nebraska, he immediately got the respect of his teammates. Does he have limitations? Absolutely, right? I mean, arm strength is not his is not uh, a strength, as you could say, no pun intended. Um, it that has you know kind of held the offense back at times um, from kind of playing at the level that it's wanted to. Although the offensive line too hasn't helped, and we'll get into that more later. Um, but certainly, Noah Vedral has the respect of, of his teammates and his coaching staff, as I said, and it's hard to see the coaching staff just saying, okay, you know, thanks for everything the last couple of seasons, but we're taking the starting job away from you and we're giving it to Gavin Wimsat. I don't see that happening. That's not happening. Noah right now is entering spring practice as the starter. And I think that if Gavin Wimsat or Evan Simon are going to want that starting job, they're going to have to earn it and show Greg Schiano and his coaching staff enough to take the job away from Noah Vedral. I don't think that they're, they're just going to take it away from Noah. And I think at this point, you know, that's the way it should be. You know, I, I don't know if, you know, Gavin Wimsatt's a unique situation, obviously when he joined, you know, just weeks after, um, you know, he decided to skip his senior season at Owensboro high school in Kentucky and, and join Rutgers. And, you know, he's definitely, he's made good progress as, as Greg Schiano said in learning the offense and continuing to develop. But uh, I don't, I wouldn't say that this is an all out competition at this point yet. I think that he's going to have to earn the starting job. Yeah. And if, if fans are worried about, you know, Noah Vedral looking over his shoulder when you do have, you know, the, the quarterback of the future, it seems certainly seems that way. Gavin Wimps had the quarterback of the future here at Rutgers. Uh, you worry about him looking over his shoulder or, you know, kind of tightening up a little bit, afraid to make mistakes, afraid to get benched really and lose his starting job. At least everything we heard from Noah Vedral last year in front of the microphones should take care of any of those concerns. He's mentioned how he's been a huge cheerleader for Gavin Wimsad, how he loves working with him. So kind of that personal aspect between the two players, something that fans, at least from the, the sound bites that we've heard, not something to worry about. No question. And I, I don't know if you could find a quarterback who's better suited to handle this situation than Noah Vedral. As you said, he, he's been fantastic about the entire thing since Gavin Wimsett arrived. Um, he's a really, really good leader. And the thing is, too, he wants to go into coaching when he's done playing. And, you know, he's kind of a, a perfect guy to be a mentor to Gavin Wimsett, and he has kind of really taken him under, in his, under his wing in a lot of ways. So that's been a huge plus. And the other thing, too, is don't forget, offensive coordinator Sean Gleason uses multiple quarterbacks. So I don't think it's necessarily that, you know, whoever loses that job, if anybody, if anybody loses the job, it's just going to be standing on the sideline every game and not playing. I think that he's going to find ways to employ everybody that he has at his disposal. I mean, you look at the Gator Bowls, several people took snaps at quarterback. I mean, at one point, when Mike Teal was in the radio booth. I thought he was going to go down and take some snaps. <laughs> you know, I, I Sean Gre Gleason gets kind of creative that way. So I think that there's going to be a role for everybody. But I think we're just going to have to see what that role is going forward and who's who's the starter. 
Yeah, uh, certainly a unique situation for Rutgers. You have a two-year returning starter uh, opting for you know a third year as the starting quarterback of the team. And then right behind him, you have this big-time recruit who fans are really excited to see. And uh, you know he's getting up to speed and, and seeing what he can do. And this spring practice, it's a fact-finding mission. And uh, I know the fans are certainly excited to hear about this quarterback. I'll say it in quotes competition you can't see me doing air quotes but i'm doing it quarterback He's doing air quotes competition. I, can I can confirm, can confirm. Uh, but you know really who's under center and you mentioned it a little bit before chris uh it's obviously important but they're going to need help specifically from the offensive line and the offensive line last year kind of a, a little bit of a musical chair situation you had guys switching in and out uh it was a work in progress throughout all last year so if it's vedral if it's simon if it's wimsat uh, you know, they can only do so much if they're not getting really the help they need from the offensive line. So that's certainly a big question as we wrap up day one of spring practice here. What did you see from the offensive line? What did you hear from the coaches about the O-line situation? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this offense is going to go as far as the offensive line can take it. And obviously the last couple of years, it wasn't nearly as far as Rutgers needed it to be. And it was, you know, when, when, Greg Schiano and his coaching staff took over. There was not much depth in the program at O-line. I mean, they had more depth at the skill positions and a wide receiver than they did on the O-line. In the Big Ten, that's just – it's impossible to compete consistently that way. So that's had to be built back up again because the last two seasons it was just too inconsistent. And that's why you had guys like Troy Rainey and Ireland Brown moving over from defense just to fill – just to get bodies because they just needed mm-hmm. people to play offensive line and kind of see how they would do. Now they've brought in four transfers in the offseason. Um, uh, J.D. Dorenzo, who played at St. Joseph Academy down in uh, Hamilton. Uh, they brought in Mike Giafone. They brought in Curtis Dunlap and Willie Tyler. All those guys could make an impact, and that's in addition to the seven offensive linemen that they signed in the 2022 recruiting class. Now, obviously, you bring in young guys, and that's that's hard for them to compete right away in the Big Ten, so the, the, the transfers can kind of bridge the gap. They're older um, they're veteran players, uh, so they can kind of bridge the gap until the young guys are ready. And they're also big. I mean, they have Big Ten size. I mean, six six, six seven. That's that's a big part of the battle that Rutgers did not have as much of going up against these Big Ten defensive lines. So that's a huge key. And we'll see how things shake out. I think that there's going to be some, you know, maybe some tinkering, experimentation, kind of trying to find the right combination. Rutgers tried to do that last season, but they never found a consistent combination. So that was that never reached the point that they felt like it needed to. Um, so that's still going to be a big thing going forward, but definitely I think the fact that they brought in, they added depth. I mean, the fact that they felt comfortable enough to move Troy Rainey back to defensive line says a lot, you know, that says that they can kind of start spreading that depth to other places if they need to. That's a big, that, that to me stood out. So I think that, you know, you continue to build up that depth, you build up that competition within the unit. And you also have some guys coming back who impressed, you know, I mean, Holland Pierce, you know, showed some really good things. Ireland Brown, made good progress after mis- making the switch from D-line midseason. Uh, Gus Salinskis played pretty well at center and as a true freshman, you know, when when they kind of slid Nick Crimmin uh, over to guard. So he has, I would think, the inside track at that spot. But we'll see how they decide to go. Um, but definitely more depth there, definitely more competition uh, within that unit, and they're going to need it because it's it's to compete in the Big Ten, you need to have a good offensive line, and Rutgers has, has a long way to go before they get to that level. 
Yeah, and this is really the spirit of spring practice is that, like you said, there's some experimentation. Like I said, it's a fact-finding mission, and we're just getting started. So, of course, over or so about, what, the next month or so until the spring game, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll see several different lineups. I'm sure we'll see lots of new faces getting reps along the offensive line. And really, that's what it's all about in these spring practices. No question. And, and Greg Schiano, I should also add, was asked about Reggie Sutton, um, who last year – suffered a, a very serious knee injury uh, after the third game of the season. It was during a practice after the third game of the season going into Michigan, the game at Michigan. Um, it was a tough injury, you know, no doubt. And he's still recovering from that. Um, Shiano said today that he, he Sutton has worked really, really hard to get back, um, but it's a tough injury to come back from, but he's working really hard. And, and, and Shiano was, was, was hopeful, and he believes strongly that they will see Reggie Sutton again playing for them. And it was a tough loss because Reggie Sutton was their best offensive lineman, very versatile player. And Greg Schiano said that there was a trickle-down effect that really affected, that really changed a lot of things, maybe more than he even realized that the season was going on. So, you know, I know a lot of people are wondering about Reggie Sutton's status. Uh, he won't be able to, you know, do anything in the spring, but they're hoping going forward, you know, they're not putting a timeline on him, but they're hoping at some point that they can get him back healthy and that he can contribute because certainly – uh, he he has the potential to really help out if if he you know can get back to that level and and they're certainly like I said optimistic and believe strongly that he will for sure something to keep an eye on as we head closer to the fall the 2022 season more or less underway here as we kick off spring practice and one more clip we'll play from Greg Schiano as we wrap things up just kind of uh, as I mentioned the spirit of spring practice and what he's looking for out of the entire team and we have newcomers how they all mesh together how they all care about each other. To me, that's the biggest thing is how are we show, show each other how much you care about each other. There you go. Putting together the the puzzle piece that is a football team, and it begins now here in March as the team works towards the fall. Uh, Chris, as we wrap up here, episode one of our spring session, just real quick, uh, outline kind of the schedule going forward for the Rutgers team because that more or less dictates our broadcast special here on the podcast. No doubt. So they're not going to, they have one more practice this week on Thursday. And then uh, next week for spring break, they will be off. And then they'll come back the following week and they'll have a couple of practices. And basically, it's about, you know, a couple of practices a week, a few practices a week, each week, uh, going right up against up until the, uh, the spring game on April 21st. So there'll be plenty of football, a lot to talk about over the next few weeks. And then obviously, you know, that'll, I'll prime everybody for uh, for training camp in a few months. So it's moving quickly, but uh, it's, it's good to you know have some more football to talk about. And an exciting time, of course, for fans as they see some of these newcomers, as they see some of these old faces. And we'll be here every step of the way to keep you updated. We'll take a spring break next week as well, since there's no practice. But be sure to follow us the week after. Uh, now's a good time to hit the subscribe button because uh, we're going to kind of dictate our schedule based on the football team schedule. So we might broadcast on different days throughout the weeks. Hit subscribe so you'll get that notification when we do drop new episodes. And as we said, we'll take you right up to the spring game uh, at the end of April there, April 21st. So we will have you updated each and every week, except next week. We're coming back after that. We'll have more. Steve Edelson will join us as well. Uh, a little cross promotion. If you like the Rutgers College basketball team, we also have a podcast for you. Of course, March Madness getting underway. Uh, be sure to follow Jersey Jump Shot as well if you're into the Rutgers Scarlet Knights basketball team. Plenty to talk about there. Chris, Steve, Jerry Carino. 
They are doing pretty good things. Big Ten tournament getting ready to kick off for the Scarlet Knights. So an exciting time for Rutgers sports fans. And uh, we can't wait to talk about the football team here, the basketball team on the other show. And we hope that you'll subscribe and follow along. Of course, check out what Chris is doing. Follow him on Twitter. Read his articles on app.com and northjersey.com as he follows Rutgers throughout the spring. Thank you for listening to The Chop, our spring edition, episode one. We'll be back in two weeks to keep you updated on the Scarlet Knights spring practices. For Chris, I'm Ryan, and we'll talk to you next time.